Volume two, chapter seven of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter seven. Prithee, Trim, quoth my uncle Toby, what dost thou mean by honouring thy father and thy mother? Allowing them, and please your honour, three halfpence a day out of my pay when they grow old. And didst thou do that, Trim? said yorick he did indeed replied my uncle toby then trim said yorick springing out of his chair and taking the corporal by the hand thou art the best commentator upon that part of the decalogue and i honour thee more for it corporal trim than if thou hadst a hand in the talmud stern the eve of the ball was now at hand and the adroit mademoiselle celestine had prepared for her lady and her lady's sister simple white dresses exactly alike which she protested became them à ravir arthur was pleased to see marian so readily cured of her taste for finery and to observe so happy a spirit of unanimity prevailing between his sister and his wife still it occurred to him that the bride of arthur armitage of holywell ought to make a somewhat more matronly appearance than the young lady of the house and without wishing marian to be finer he would have been glad to have enabled her to appear more richly attired in short she had no jewels nothing but the tawdry ill-set sprawling topaz necklace the wedding gift of the robseys which her own improved taste kept closely ensconced within its morocco case for half a day arthur resolved to write to town for a few handsome ornaments for his wife but how to account to his mother for so ill-advised an act of prodigality the night previous to the ball however when having repented he had also forgotten his resolution mrs armytage made her appearance in the drawing-room with two jewel-cases of similar dimensions in her hand and marian looking up from her work as one of them being opened by her mother-in-law displayed a suit of costly brilliance involuntarily uttered an exclamation concerning their beauty and resplendence they are yours said mrs armytage in her driest tone mine reiterated marian half startled and half annoyed yours and this similar set my dear sophia is for you arthur's attention was now attracted from the book he was reading he looked inquiringly towards the family group it is now some years since i found occasion to wear my family jewels resumed mrs armytage speaking to no one in particular though virtually addressing her son but although too old to take pleasure in diamonds i am not old enough to have lost my pleasure in life i intend to live many years and will therefore no longer deny myself the gratification of seeing these baubles worn by others the fashion of the setting was old and heavy nothing had been done to them since the time of my great-grandmother lady clarissa maudsley but rundell seems to have done them justice the sets are exactly alike and naturally belong to my two children both marian and sophia were silent each expected the other to speak there was something chilling in the preconcerted formality of this address the gift instead of assuming the interest of a token of affection appeared rather to be a legal act of donation 
arthur stammered out a few expressions of gratitude in the name of his wife the specification of an exact division of her property between her two children jarring against his secret knowledge of the untenability of her own claims confused and distressed him mrs armytage was disposing of family heirlooms which even if lawfully her own ought as a matter of propriety to have become the property of the wife of her son but under the true circumstances of the case her pompous benefaction appeared a mockery but my dear mother said sophia injudiciously enough but unable to repress her consciousness of being the object of an inequitable distribution it would give me infinitely greater pride and pleasure that these family jewels should not be divided till i am married they form an improper ornament for me if i marry advantageously i shall receive such gifts from my husband's family or if i marry poorly which is far more likely it would ill become me to display anything so magnificent pray allow me to place the two shares once more together my dearest sophie exclaimed arthur conscious that his disinterested sister was defrauded of property of far greater value by his own wilful act and deed can you for a moment suppose that marian will not feel doubly gratified in wearing my mother's splendid presents by knowing that you have been equally the object of her generosity you wrong us both if you do not believe that we fully coincide in her just distribution sophia dared not reply she saw her mother greatly displeased by the mode in which her gifts were received her daughter rebelling against her donation her son sanctioning and confirming it for although mrs armytage thought nothing of her own sacrifice of the family jewels intrinsically she thought much of her right of disposing of them and of the opportunity it conveyed to mark to her children her power if not her intention to bequeath the whole bulk of her property in equal shares between them i am sorry she coldly observed that you should any of you think it necessary to canvass the equity or propriety of a gift of mine i flattered myself no dispute would or could arise on a point where my own will and inclination must necessarily give the law none does or will arise cried arthur hoping to dispel the storm by giving a lively turn to the discussion except between these two young ladies as to the comparative becomingness of their necklaces and opening the cases he busied himself in adorning his wife and sister with their new jewels the blush with which marian looked towards mrs armytage when her magnificent tiara sparkled in her fair hair certainly proved that diamonds can be very becoming to sophia's subdued countenance they imparted no enhancement she was really distressed by an occurrence which she felt to be an act of injustice towards her brother do not say another word on the subject my dearest sister said arthur when on her mother's quitting the room she ventured to give utterance to her regrets very many reasons which you must excuse me from detailing render this division of the jewels the only circumstances that could reconcile me to seeing them worn by marian during the lifetime of my mother and this was strictly true the family diamonds valued at thirty thousand pounds were expressly specified with plate furniture and pictures among the property entailed by old maudsley upon his grandson 
and arthur was truly gratified that his sister should by this means receive some compensation for the deprivation he was inflicting upon her nevertheless the affair gave rise to many disagreeable reflections arthur felt apprehensive that similar scenes might hereafter occur in the family rendering the secret of which he was the depository a still more painful burthen he began to be alarmed at his own responsibility how could he foresee to what extent mrs armytage might take upon herself the alienation of the family property or in what measure her wilfulness and caprice might render him hereafter accountable to heirs of his own already he had suffered a week to elapse in addition to that he had originally allowed himself for decision and although every day and every hour added to his conviction that degradation from her present high estate of supremacy would be fatal to his mother still his resolution wavered the greater part of the night succeeding the bestowal of the diamonds arthur armytage gave to reflection night is a season favourable to nobleness of purpose the world is then not too much with us and our moral responsibility to god and man assumes a more demonstrated form we are not ashamed of aspiring after virtue there is no human sneer to wither our good intentions no glitter of pompous illusions to dazzle the clearness of our perceptions right and wrong resume the tangible and steadfast landmarks of their empire on the following day therefore while the gardeners were hurrying along the corridors of holywell arranging stands of exotics footmen unpowdered and jacketless swearing at the housemaids who could only scold them in return cooks pounding over their mortars and old simmons groaning over the incalculable inroads into his beloved cellar arthur armytage drew the precious document from his bureau and without trusting himself to a re-perusal enveloped and re-enveloped sealed and re-sealed it mounted his horse and rode off to greta castle my dear lord rotherham said he having requested a private interview with his father's friend i am come to demand a favour at your hands take charge of this packet for me in your family deed-chest for it is of consequence to others besides myself and promise me that whatever instances i may hereafter use to persuade you to give it up to me during the lifetime of my mother you will be inflexible to my demand refuse a man possession of his own property cried lord rotherham laughing why my dear friend arthur you are beside yourself but arthur could not laugh in return he was deeply impressed by the act of duty he was performing i conclude resumed lord rotherham that the importance of the paternal estate has induced you to make your will quite right but do not follow the fancy of most young people and imagine that because you have made your will you have taken a step towards the grave make me your custos rotulorum or your executor or whatever you will even guardian to little miss harriet armytage if you choose though i am somewhat old now for such an office but don't put so serious a face upon the matter arthur tried to throw off his oppression of spirits tried to smile tried to enjoy the rallying of his old friend but it would not do at all events said he 
tell me my dear lord that you succeed to my request but you may hereafter desire to alter this will to to revoke to cancel it not likely said arthur unable to explain away lord rotherham's delusion you cannot tell you are at the age arthur when a man thinks every new resolution irrevocable and takes not into account the unforeseen contingencies of life the expediencies the... believe me this is a case with which no event hereafter occurring can interfere my dear boy no such case can exist in human life i have no doubt that your proposition is motived by the most upright intentions by self-mistrust which in matters of pecuniary interest becomes a virtue but do not attempt to shackle yourself by unnecessary bonds be a free agent leave the control of your conduct to the firmness of your own principles i talk to you arthur as i would to a son of my own i know it i feel it said young armytage extending his hand to so considerate a counsellor and i am unfortunately not at liberty to lay before you the premises on which i know you would ground a different conclusion i will however at your suggestion modify my terms promise me that you will never restore me the packet unless you consider on hearing the motive of my application that i am in honour and equity entitled to demand it you become more and more mysterious so much however i think i may concede without danger to either of us meanwhile i will if you please endorse the paper with your conditions and our mutual signatures after which i shall briefly state in an envelope the circumstances of the deposit that in case of my demise it may recur to your possession rather remain in the hands of my friend greta on the same terms added arthur well well that you shall settle between you when i am dead and gone said lord rotherham you seem terribly afraid of yourself and it seems i cannot put you into heart and when after endorsing the document with the terms proposed he turned from his writing-table to put the pen into arthur's hand and saw him looking pale and agitated he added my dear fellow i shall begin to fancy that your packet is something of the caleb williams sort and that it contains the confession of a murder not exactly was the faint reply if it were connected with anything blamable or dishonourable i should scarcely seek such a depository as my father's friend and now that our mysterious business is over said his lordship having lodged the packet in the iron closet in his private library pray tell me have you not chosen to make a day of pleasure a day of business is not this the night of the holywell ball it is i concluded so because my son has managed to get his treasury holidays a week before his time i expect greta from town this afternoon and on the eleventh you know he is off to the moors i did not know but i am very glad to hear he is coming even for so short a time he has taken lochvarlach for the season with lord edward brereton and young dunbarton they are coming down together and to holywell to-night of course of course laura no doubt has taken care to secure herself partners and unless you bespeak your sister for greta i fancy he will be sadly mortified they don't get on quite so well together as i could wish eh arthur 
i believe we had better leave them to settle their own affairs said arthur now really smiling for he was pleased by lord rotherham's explicit avowal of interest in the match interference always does harm i fear so replied the kind-hearted father secretly referring to the injudicious interference which he little doubted had been the means of preventing arthur from becoming his son-in-law but you had better stay and dine here armitage you will only be in the way at holywell and get a bad dinner a ball is fatal to all comfort and quiet better stay and dine here and join the early detachment of our party lady rotherham and laura i know are to be at holywell in time to air the rooms arthur excused himself he feared he might be wanted at home not you my friend mrs armytage is the last person to need assistance in her arrangements she will be very glad to get rid of you again arthur excused himself but when half an hour afterwards as he was sitting with lady rotherham and her daughter his friend greta and the rest of the london party made their appearance he became more persuadable arthur had been living of late almost exclusively among women he was tired of tapestry nursery white satin and diamonds and eager to chat of politics and clubs horses and dogs mantons and moors and all the other toys of manhood nothing now appeared so easy as to send back his horse and groom with a verbal message to marian his love he had been detained to dine at greta castle he should return home early to dress End of volume two, chapter seven.